Good afternoon, listeners. Welcome to the very first episode of the Carnegie Harriers podcast. Um, it is Wednesday, the 7th of October. It's a rather fine day outside. I hope you're all enjoying it, whatever you're up to. Um, as hinted at in the uh, introduction to the podcast, we're going to start this week with me, your host, Leslie Reynolds. So as all good runs should do, the podcast is no different in that we're going to start off with a warm-up. I'm going to talk about, first of all, where I am right now in terms of running, what this year has looked like for me. What a disaster. That's really all I have to say about that. No, I'll, I'll, um, I'll expand on that a bit. It's not been a great year for anyone. Of course not. We've got coronavirus dominating everyone's lives right now. And so that's been really tricky for everyone. Throw in persistent injury since um, March time for me. And it's been a case of 5k to couch for me more than anything else, to be honest. Um, The year started off pretty well, I have to say. I went to... Calendar Crags Hill race, got a PB there, was quite pleased with my efforts. Um, didn't make it to Carnethy, which I was really disappointed out, um, about until I saw the weather. Um, and then I was really quite delighted that I wasn't there. Um, so I had a virus. I'm not sure if I had coronavirus, but I had a virus of some description. And so that set me back for a few weeks. So I was entered in to do the Smokies, the women-only 10-mile road race in March, early March. Uh, I managed to get around there in not too embarrassing a time. I was relatively happy with how things went. Um, But after the race, I went out for a run a couple of days later and experienced a bit of discomfort in my foot. Um, And as you do, I ignored it and went out again the next day and did a few more miles um, by the end of the week I could barely walk and so I realised that something was amiss around um, about the same time lockdown came so that was quite convenient so I wasn't getting anywhere fast anyway um, fast forward a few months and I'm still not getting very far to be fair I am not running again because I have a calf injury I've got something going on in the left side of me at the moment which I don't know what is going on but uh, it's been my foot and my different part of my foot, my ankle, my calf, and now my calf again. Um, I don't know what's going on. I've not been injured for years, so it's all coming at once, and I hope that this is it. So in terms of my training currently, it's actually non-existent. I've just been out for a walk, which was quite nice, but it's boring as hell, I have to say. Walking is has its place. But um, it doesn't quite hit that spot that running does for me. I did try and take up cycling earlier this year. Um, I've come to the point now where I resent my bike because it's something I use only when I'm injured. So when the bike gets pulled out, it's not for the right reasons. It's for all the bad things that are going wrong. I had hoped to supplement it with uh, running. But um, no, so I'm hating on the bike and I'm I'm hating on um, walking. But at least I can walk and I can do something. So training is non-existent. I am doing nothing. What have I missed out on this year? I have missed out on not an awful lot, to be honest. I didn't enter much in the way of races. 
um, other than the Ben Nevis race. Um, I'm glad it was cancelled because I've been injured, but I'm disappointed as well that I haven't had the opportunity to go up there and do the race again. Um, I've done the race three times before, um, two finishes and a DNF, don't ask. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of wanting to go back and despite saying the last time, never again, um, I've said that before on many things. Sometimes I mean it, but in this case, I, I kind of didn't and I really wanted another bash at the Ben. So hopefully next year's Ben will be, uh, will be on and I will be able to go and take that on. My goal for that would be to be under three hours, which I haven't been before. I haven't been too far away, but um, under three hours is the target. I know that's double what Finlay Wild does. He's at home having his tea by the time I'm finished. But, um, hey, that's him. <laughs> that's me. So, how did I get into running? That's, that's an interesting question. Um, I say talking to myself. I tried to run as a youngster, but um, I had undiagnosed asthma, persistent coughs, infections, um, bronchitis, you name it, I had it all the time. And it wasn't until I was a 15, 16-year-old teenager when they said, we think you've maybe got asthma. By that time, I wasn't interested in running anymore. So I had done a couple of runs with Wakaba Athletic Club, because I am from Fort William, if you don't know that already. Uh, including a cross-country race which took place in Glen Nevis. It an interesting experience because my friend and I both were wanting to to run and be part of the club. And we went to this event and we were last and second last. I'm pleased to say I was second last. Um, it's not the first time I've been second last in a cross-country race. So as a youngster, no, I didn't really run. Um, I wanted to, but it didn't really get me anywhere at all due to the asthma. That's what I'm blaming anyway. Um, as I got a bit older, I wanted to start running again. And the, the, the whole breathing thing was just such a big issue for me. And every time I tried, I found it incredibly difficult to get the breathing right. I slowed it right down, but I just still could not do it. So I went to the doctor and I said to the doctor that I was wanting to run, um, but I was having difficulty with the breathing. So the doctor advised I take up swimming. Thanks for that. I had no desire to take up swimming then. And now uh, swimming is not for me. Apologies, all you fish out there who love a bit of swimming. But um, to me, it's just the most mind-numbing thing ever. So I didn't get anywhere with that. Um, again, I tried a bit of cycling and it was okay. I used to do a bit of commuting on my bike um, to college and then to work, which was quite fun. Wasn't around the Edinburgh traffic. Um, and then as I got into my late 20s, I decided to give running another bash. Um, I didn't get very far again. Uh, Again, it was the whole breathing thing. I, I just couldn't get into it at all. And I, I decided at that point that I was just going to give up and even trying to run. Um, a couple of years later, I decided to try again because 
I just, I don't, just don't like being told I can't do something. Um, and although I'd been told for half my life not to run, I kind of wanted to do it. There's something about that freedom and escape that appealed to me and running in the wild and things like that. Um, so I tried again and I knuckled down and I actually managed to do a couple of races. I did a 10k um, in Edinburgh, um, hurt my Achilles, that put me out for a while. And then I did um, the Glasgow Half Marathon. Um, that was an interesting experience because um, I travelled through with a couple of work colleagues. One of my work colleagues finished her race in about 1.40. Um, I finished mine in about 2.40 and they were really, really pissed off with me because I'd taken so long. Um, so I got frog marched straight to the car um, I'm driven back home again and on the way home I vomited into my goodie bag. Um, I don't know if that was rebellion or, or what but uh, it wasn't a very good experience but it didn't really put me off. What did put me off then was the winter. I found the cold air difficult with the breathing um, so I talked myself into the fact that in winter I can't run, in summer and spring I can. Um, I was a load of baloney because I can actually run in winter and I think it was just a, a mental thing. Um, and so now I run in uh, in summer and in winter and I'd love a wee bit of plodding through the snow and wrapping up and getting in with the cold and up in the hills and it's great. Love it. Uh, what else then? What is my favourite running memory? Um, I have to say that one of my favourite running memories, probably my all-time favourite running memory, is being part of the Ben Nevis race. Um, it, it really is something quite incredible. As a child growing up in Fort Royal, I used to watch this race every year and think, wow, these people are incredible. They are running up Ben Nevis and coming back down again in the blink of an eye almost. And I just couldn't believe that this was something that I could ever aspire to do. Um, and yet... There I was, um, 2014, toe in the line for the Ben race. I couldn't believe I was there. I absolutely loved every minute of it. It was bloody hell. Um, going up was such a challenge. And such tight deadlines as well. You've got an hour to get to halfway, two hours to the top, 3.15 to get to the finish. So it, it is quite tight in terms of time, certainly if you're as slow as me. Um but my God, what a, what a feeling when I came running through the, the, the park and that last loop to finish at the end. It really was something quite incredible and something that I will just cherish forever. Um, it was great. And I, I don't know if I'm trying to emulate that by going back again next year and trying again, but whatever it is, I, I want to go back and, you know, have, a, have another wee try. Um in terms of worst running experience, um, I've got more of them than I have toes, I think. Um, one of the worst running experiences I had was when I did the Highland Fling, or I attempted to do the Highland Fling um, 2010, 10 years ago this year. Um the year before I had done the Loch Ness Marathon, it was 
my first marathon and I was delighted with it, absolutely delighted. And uh, I decided then that the marathon was a distance that I really liked. Um, so rather than do another one, I signed up to do the fling. Back in those days, doing the fling was relatively easy because you didn't have 1,500 people all wanting to run it like you do now. In fact, it's probably significantly more people want to try and run it. But um, back then, you could enter the race a couple of weeks before and still get a place. It certainly isn't like that now. I trained my ass off for this race. I really, really did. I worked so hard on this race. You just wouldn't believe the things I was doing. Um, it seems so long ago, I can't even remember. But it involved being out for a lot uh, of time on my feet, running, sometimes walking, doing hills, just anything um, to train for this. Uh, so I did I did a couple of recce runs on the, the route itself. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar, the, the Highland Fling is the first portion of the West Highland Way. So you're going from Nogai to Tyndrum. It is 53 miles in length and it's a bit up and down um, and off-road, largely. Mostly, mostly off-road. There's a couple of road sections, but it's mostly off-road. Um, it's lovely. It's very nice until you get to the lockside. But I never got to the lockside in the race. A couple of days before the race, um, I started to get what I thought were nerves. Um, so I had some tummy flutters um, in the days leading up to the race. found it difficult to eat, but I thought, you know, th this is just nerves. There's nothing else going on here. This is pure nerves. Um, so just battled on through it, forcing myself to eat and just trying to chill out as much as I could in preparation for the race itself on the Saturday. Come the Saturday, I woke up in the morning, well, I say the morning, it was about 3am, um, really struggled to eat anything, had a bite of a banana and a cup of tea and called that breakfast and at 6am off I went with uh, the other women in the race and I think it was uh, the way they did the race at that point I think it was the the veteran men um, and the, all of the women started at that point at 6am and the, the race itself uh, started a bit later with the you know the kind of men um, and then it was the relay it started a little bit later again so I think as far as I remember that's how it went um, I felt really ill I have to say I felt really really ill and the nerves that I was putting it down to um, turned out not to be nerves I had a stomach bug I had a stomach bug from hell so the first 10-12 miles of the race I spent looking for bush cover because I was desperate to get to the toilet Unfortunately, in April, nothing has grown yet and bush cover is hard to come by. But I eventually did find some bush cover and felt all right for about five minutes and ran from bush to bush, really, until I got to Rowardenon. At Rowardenon, people said to me I looked terrible. I said I felt a little bit sick. <laughs> That was, that's got to be the understatement of the century. 
um, I felt really sick. I'd struggled to take on any fluids. Um, I couldn't eat anything at all, but I'd convinced myself that I'd watched it out in. And um, if I could just keep on putting one foot in front of the other, um, I was well up in time, surprisingly, for somebody who had no fuel in their body. So I didn't have any concerns about cut-offs. Um, I nibbled a couple of jelly babies that somebody had given me at Rowardain and pretended to eat something else, chucked it into a bush um, and set off towards um, the next checkpoint, which was at Inversnaid. Um, and that's where things went from bad to worse. Uh, there was nothing left in me to hide behind the bush for. I know you know where I'm going with that, so I'm not even, I don't need to go into it any further. Um, but the little bit of fluid and food I had taken on board um, was instantly rejected by my stomach. So I spent the next section just retching all the way, uh, initially bringing up what was there and then just retching in with violent stomach cramps. Um, again, I was convincing myself that as long as I could move forward, everything was okay. And now that I had nothing in me, there was nothing to come out of me. Um, I know that sounds like weird logic, but to me, that was a thing. Um, and I got slower and slower and slower to the point where I just felt so depleted. I was dizzy and I was staggering like a drunk. Um, I got to Rowardenon, no sorry, I've been to Rowardenon, I got to Inversnaid um, and I thought I think I just need to pull the plug because for anyone that knows the section after Inversnaid towards Ben Glass, um, this is the much talked of Lockside section and it's gnarly and you're going between rocks and you're clambering and it's right at the Lockside. The potential for disaster is huge if you were someone in my position who was feeling sick and dizzy. So for the safety of myself and for anyone who had to come and rescue me or fish me out of the water, I decided that the best thing to do was to quit. And so I did quit. Um, and I, I was devastated, absolutely devastated. I, I'd spent months preparing for this race. And I was absolutely devastated. Um, it didn't end there because if anybody knows geographically where Inversnaid is, the road back out of Inversnaid is quite possibly the worst, bumpiest, windiest single track road you could even imagine ever. And this is how I got out of there in a car um, by some kind marshals who were taking me back up to Time Drum. Um, I did have to get them to stop every five minutes so I could throw up the cup of tea that I'd had. Um, and yeah, so that's, so that's that. It's not, it's not the best of experiences. Um, I was determined that I wasn't going to let it finish me and I have since gone back and I, I like to finish things. I'm, a, you know, I'm someone who doesn't like to leave things undone. So for me, it was important that I went back and did the race and I did the race a couple of years ago but I also covered the distance within the West Highland Way race. Um, Carnegie Harriers was a club that I had 
become familiar with through my participation in Jog Scotland. That was how I was getting back into running again after my um, fails uh, at various points through my 30s. Um, Jog Scotland was where I set off for initially. I'd been in touch with Ian Taylor. Um, a lot of you will know Ian Taylor, who's a former founder and club secretary for many, many years in Carnegie Harriers and uh, all-round good guy. Um, I got in touch with Ian and explained to him that I was interested in joining the club. And he and I had a conversation and he said, maybe I might feel more comfortable going to Jog Scotland. And boy, was he right. I went to Jog Scotland and felt um, like a fraud, actually, because I seemed so inferior compared to everybody else um but you know that that was okay um i started off in there and, and then within the space of a couple of years i'd gone from feeling really inferior to feeling pretty superior uh, i felt that i was really rather good and i was leading the way a lot of the time at jog scotland and i thought well the time has come to join a club at the time I decided I was going to go and try Petrivi, first of all. So that's what I did. <laughs> My first experience with running with Petrivi, they were all really, really nice and they were all really good to me. Um, but the, the run was from the clubhouse somewhere in the town. It was November, it was dark, and then back again. And there were different options for coming off at different points for people who didn't want to do as long a distance um, and I didn't have a clue where I was, where I was going, who I was with um, and everybody just legged it really um, and I was running through the town on my own thinking I don't know where I'm going, I don't know who, you know, who, who's in front of me, um, if they're even in the same club as me, if it's just somebody out running, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I had this experience a couple of times um, and some some of the, the older chaps in Pujivi stopped back um, and, and gave me a wee bit of a helping hand and finding the way and giving me some tips and everything and it was good. I was really, really grateful for that. Um, but it wasn't the best experience for me. I just felt that nobody was looking after me and okay, I'm a grown adult, I should be looking after myself, but as somebody who was a prospective new member, um, I just thought I would have been looked after a little bit more and I wasn't. So I decided I would go to Carnegie Harriers instead, given that that was who I'd approached in the first place. Um, so I rocked up this night uh, and it was a three mile time trial it was on. Um, <laughs> Um, if I hadn't been put off by Pajibi, I was certainly being put off by Carnegie. Uh, I, I felt like um, a fraud again because everybody just liked it on this on this route. Luckily, it was a route, and there was a couple of uh, older gentlemen that I was able to kind of follow around, and it was wasn't too bad. But I was assured that it was a quiet night, and if I came on the Tuesday, it would be much busier, and I would find it absolutely fine. So I did, I came on the Tuesday and it was a hill session in the public park. By the time we got to the public park, I thought, how the hell am I meant to actually do a training session now, having run from um, uh, the Pajivi area 
Um, but I did, and uh, there were a couple of other people that I knew there from Jog Scotland, um, and I just kind of got together with them, and, and we did our bit, and that's how it all began, really. In terms of developing me as a runner, um, I certainly have come on leaps and bounds in terms of not being able to run very far to being able to run very far. Um, I think when I started at the club, I was probably guilty of super enthusiasm um, in that I wanted to try every race. So I signed up for anything, um, anything at all. I would sign up for it. I was there midweek, uh, weekend. I was there all the time. Um, it's not something that I do now, I have to say. I think not because I've been there and done that, but... Um, it didn't seem to serve an awful lot of purpose other than exhausting me. Uh, but that said, it has taught me a lot about running, what I like about running and what I don't like about running, what kind of races I like. Um, and in these days, I'm a wee bit more picky and choosy about what I want to do rather than just signing up for something just because it exists. Um, so that's, that's certainly changed me. And I've... I've really, really enjoyed the things that have opened up to me while being a member of Carnegie. So relay races and what have you, um, cross country, off road stuff. You know, it, it's just been fantastic. The things that I've been exposed to, the people that I've been exposed to, um, I've just met some of the most incredible people ever, uh, including my husband, of course, who you all know, um, and. It's just been a really life-enriching experience being part of the club. Um, and I really can't recommend it highly enough to anyone. You know, if somebody wanted to come along to the club, I would say just, just do it. Um, preferences to uh, running. Um, I like to run off-road where possible. I also like to run in new places where possible, not even new, um, really new, as in I'm always exploring the country, but um, I have a really, really low boredom threshold. I don't know how people can do running around in circles. I find it such a challenge. Um, I don't mind leaving from a front door. That's not an issue for me at all, but you won't catch me doing the same route twice. Um, in the space of a month because I find it really, really boring um, and I cannot get my head around the fact that people do the same things all the time. That's just me though, that's just me and my low boredom threshold and I just like to go out and discover new things, different things, be quite spontaneous with things and go, okay, will I go left or will I go right here? Okay, I'm going right today and you know we'll, we'll see where this, this run takes me. Um, so I, I do like to be quite experimental, but I certainly prefer to be off-road uh, or out in the hills, like a bit of cross-country. Um, the roads are a wee bit unnecessary evil getting you from A to B, um, but the hilly trails are probably where I prefer to be. I do like a, a long distance rather than a short distance. 
Um, I just don't have the lung capacity for short and fast, um, but I can keep on running all day. So that kind of thing suits me quite well. Um, in terms of a distance preference, I, I don't really have one specifically. I like a, a long, a longish hill race, something like um, Dollar. Dollar Hill Race is a great hill race. The Lomans are five hill race, another cracker. Both of them I really, really like. Um, so I think I prefer a time and a terrain over a particular distance. I like I like to be out for two, three hours off road, um, and that's what I prefer. Um, it's not a category as such, but it's mine. Um, this year, Colin and I were due to run, where were we due to run? We were due to run Geneva Marathon um, until coronavirus came along. So I, I do have an ambition to run abroad um, just for a change of scenery, just to try something different. Um, in terms of other races that I have an ambition to do, you know, not really, not not particularly. I just, I'm not a racing junkie. I'm not all about trying the next challenge or going to the next challenge or trying this or, or trying that. I just like to do my own wee thing that I like to do um, just because I like it and not because of any other reason. Um, and, and that's just me. Uh, there is there's a couple of races in the in the lakes that I'd be interested in doing, but I think as I get older, they're probably out with my ability. So something like um, Borodale Fell Race, for example, is something that I have a liking towards, um, but I don't know if that's something I'm ever likely to do. There's a well-known saying in running that uh, runners are always running away from something. Ain't that the truth? For me, uh, running is about clearing my head, clearing away the stresses of life, um, family life, work life, um, and it's a good way of just de-stressing, um, composing my thoughts, putting the world to rights, but uh, not having to bend anybody's ear while doing so. Um, well, I think you've heard me rambling on for long enough now, so I'm going to wind it down a little bit with a bit of a cool down. Um, first thing I want to talk about is things that kind of irritate me about running. Uh, there are a number of things. While I really love running a lot, there are a number of things that kind of irk me a little bit. One of those things is runner snobbery. How frustrating is that when you run along the road and you're saying hi to folk that are passing you by and they blank you? Um, that's not very nice. Uh, you know, we one big running community. Let's all just be pals here. 
Um, another thing that annoys me a little bit are is kind of comparisons to other people. Um, so and so is doing this, so I must do that as well. Um, and under that banner, of course, comes peer pressure. Um, everybody's entered this race, so I need to do it as well. Um, fair enough if that floats your boat, but if it doesn't, then don't do it just because everybody else is doing it. Do it because you want to do it. It shouldn't be about what everyone else is doing. It should be about what works for you, um, your lifestyle, your family life, your home life, your work life. Um, don't do things because other people are doing them. Just, you know, pick and choose and do your own thing. Finally, what advice um, I would give to somebody who is new to running is um, enjoy it. Enjoy every minute. Enjoy the journey that it takes you on. Explore. Go new places. It's incredible what you can find from your own doorstep. Um, I know I said before about me not wishing to run the same thing all the time or run around in circles and what have you. Um, but from your own doorstep, it's amazing what you can find. Um, there's a wee path that you know can maybe go somewhere that you haven't discovered where it goes yet. Follow it. Go find out where it goes. Um, you know, rather than just run around the same old, same old all the time. Um, do a wee bit of exploring and enjoy it. That that's the principal thing. Enjoy it. Enjoy your running because it really is um, a great thing. I'm going to wrap up this first episode, which I hope you've enjoyed listening to, um, with a few final thoughts. I touched a bit on the things that vex me about running and runners, and one of the biggest things that puzzles me, I guess, is that runners spend so much time comparing themselves to others, and I alluded to that in the last section. Um, it's almost like they have to feel their latest Strava update needs a disclaimer explaining their run, their performance, and why one mile was slower than another. We're shackled to technology and we're constantly bombarded with messages from very clever marketeers to buy expensive gimmicky stuff we probably don't really need. The joy of pure free running is lost to so many of us. From exploring new routes and getting lost to clambering over barbed wire fences to escape an angry looking herd of cows, we've become victims of routine and sameness and we're so concentrated in what others are doing. Be you, run where you want to run slow down, walk even, take in the scenery and enjoy that free liberating feeling that running should give you without comparing yourselves to others.